This is the Views from the Booth podcast, your reference guide into the world of sports broadcasting. Here's your hosts, J.J. Duke and Joe Vasile. Welcome back to this episode of Views from the Booth. J.J. and Joe here with you. Hope everyone's doing well for the last few weeks. In fact, last week we pumped out a pair of really good shows. And if you miss them, I really make sure that you should take the time to catch up on them. Uh, Our first show, we discussed broadcasting demos, and let's face it, that's kind of the big one. Um, It's really kind of that thing that you need in your your career to help build your career, whether it's advancing yourself to where you want to get to, if it's what you need to get critiques, what makes yourself stand out from the rest of the pack. We dived into all that as well as a little bit on the tech side of things because I know there's still people out there that are a little unsure about going into video and audio editing. So we talk about that a little bit as well. And then our other show, we launched our latest broadcaster spotlight series episode, the third episode in this, where we sat down with the voice of the USL championship amongst the majority of all soccer really in the United States. That's Mike Watson. It was a very poignant episode. We talked about a lot of things, talked about his career, one of the big thing that he has going on right now in his career is he, he's calling games remotely where let's face it, how we've seen things evolve over the last few months and last few years for that matter in sports. But a lot of things is coming off to now calling games remotely off of a monitor. He talked about how he had to adjust. He made mistakes, including big ones where he didn't realize in a match, a guy got sent off inside of 30 minutes and realized, a week later that he was still calling the game 11 versus 11. So that happened. But also one of the things that I think was really important and Joe will get your thoughts in a second here, but he talked about how um, a broadcaster can speak to social movements during a broadcast. His big thing was how can a broadcaster amplify voices and their actions being an ally uh, to things that they believe in and also the, the people or players that are involved with the movement. How can we manage our role as being a storyteller versus allowing the story to tell itself? The reason why we discussed that is because he called the entire of the National Women's Soccer League Challenge Cup that happened earlier this summer on CBS Sports and every match spotlighted the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, league players, coaching staff, a lot of people were involved in this and there were moments that had these things speak for themselves. And Joe, I know what Mike talked about during that show really stirred a lot of good conversation. It's something that really for us broadcasters, we never had to think about before, but it's now something very much in the here and now. Yeah, it's very important, I think, when you consider that sports and politics, for years we've heard, well, keep sports and politics separate. They've never really been separate. Uh, I mean, let's just face it. That has never really existed. And to pretend that they are completely separate things is, I think, doing an injustice and a disservice to the people watching and listening to the broadcast. So if you have a group of athletes uh, or coaches or a league, if you want to take the NWSL and the NBA and the WNBA uh, just recently, um, as examples where they are talking about a lot of social change and a lot of social justice issues, that has to be a part of your broadcast. I mean, I think of just something as simple as um, we just came up on the anniversary of the Charlottesville um, white supremacist uh, rally a couple of weeks ago. 
I remember being on air in a baseball season the night that that happened. And I just started off the broadcast by talking about that because I said, I, I don't know how I go on air tonight without addressing this. And then I addressed it and moved on and that, and kind of let that be, but I just don't think that it's, it's possible to, and, it, and it's nice that you see people, whether they're, you know, at a very low level or whether they're at, a, you know, calling games on a national level, like Mike Watts last week, being less afraid to come out and, and mention these things and being uh, encouraged by producers to have these conversations on air because they're, let's face it, they're more important than the games and they're very important for us to have as a nation. And Joe and I were talking a little bit before we recorded this episode about it just it's such a fine line to toe in terms of how you're what words come out of your mouth when you're talking about these sort talking about movements and social issues, politics, many other things, because in your heart, you may feel one thing and you're trying to interpret the way that you want to. But at the same time, if you say, and here's an example, handling a situation as opposed to speaking towards a situation can sound completely different and it may have its detractors from it. These are the things that it's not going away. This is not something that's going to be hit under a blanket and we're just going to forget about it. These are going to be things that really for the rest, I have a feeling for the rest of our lives, we're going to be talking about in regards to having social movements in sports and truly, and I said this on the episode, I appreciate the fact that Mike was extremely candid as he was to talk about it. And for a lot of us that now we're going to have to go forward, not have to, but are going to go forward and talk about these things movements intertwined with the fact that we have a game going on right in front of us is, is going to be crucial. And I, I know it sparked some conversation, good conversation uh, afterwards as well. So we appreciate Mike chatting with us and also just having some fun with us too, because it wasn't, you know, about that fully. We did discuss a fair amount of other things, including how, yes, he doesn't transport himself from calling games in Utah to Pittsburgh and all points in between in an hour um, so if you haven't had a chance to listen to that show or any of our other shows, make sure to go do so. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. And if we're not there, make sure to let us know so we can rectify that. So uh, also one other thing before we head into today's chat, one quick bit of housekeeping to take care of. As many of you noticed, uh, we didn't release a episode two weeks ago. Uh, that was because of Tropical Storm Isaias here in the Northeast and in Mid-Atlantic. Uh, the episodes that we released last week were actually intended to be released two weeks ago. Um, unfortunately, I here lost power in Connecticut until Friday night. So we recorded the shows on a Monday, edited them ready to go. Boom, lights go out. Don't get anything back until Friday night. Unfortunately, didn't even have an area to go try and find some internet because there was nothing up until really about Thursday afternoon in the area. So unfortunately, couldn't get anything up. So that's why we had a pause week. Um, did notice though that a fair few of you went back and listened to our previous episodes before that. So we thank you for that. But for any of our listeners out there that did um, experienced some significant damage from that storm here in the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic. Our thoughts and prayers are with you and hope that everybody is okay. Right, so now to this week's show. We are going to break away from what we've normally done here with Views from the Booth. Um, when we launched this project back in June, and the way I discussed this with Joe was that um, the hopes and goals of this project was to provide that reference guide into the world of sports broadcasting, where um, 
anybody could go back whenever they want, say two years from now and want to listen to our episode on navigating uh, the job network or demos, you can do so. The reason why we're going to do that or how we were going to do that is we're going to keep things kind of neutral in our tone. We weren't going to discuss the way that uh, there is a worldwide pandemic going on as we continue to battle COVID-19. We've been trying to do our best to keep things on an even keel. And I think we've done the job to the best of our abilities. However, there's something that we really have to discuss right now in the here and now. We're going to do that this week. Um, and the thing is, a couple of days or a week ago or so, I think by now, officially on August 13th, the NCAA postponed all Division I fall sports championships uh, with only a few weeks prior of the NCAA canceling Division II and Division Three fall sports entirely, which means for a lot of us broadcasters, it does mean the continuation of having very little to no work for the next three months. And while the fall season is usually one of our busiest times, especially for Joe and myself, it's also usually the most financially rewarding part of our calendar year. Comes on top of the fact is, like I said, we haven't had much work since the beginning of March, or maybe for some of you since late February, um, spring, uh, spring sports were canceled. It ended college basketball, hockey, wrestling, gymnastics seasons prematurely. High school winter sports and spring sports got canceled. Uh, Minor league baseball got canceled. If those who are planning on doing collegiate summer baseball, soccer, other leagues, those are canceled. So for a lot of us, we haven't had the chance to do the thing that we love to do for quite a long time. And if I was gazing into a crystal ball right now with a very hopeful eye, a lot of us might not be working until – mid to late November, the very earliest, and that's if college basketball, hockey returns. Now, I know also there are some parts of this country that do have high school sports still going on at the time that we are recording. That's a very big if this moment. Realistically, and Joe and I kind of understand this, there's a chance we're not calling games until the beginning of the next calendar year. <laughs> um, it sucks. I'm going to just go ahead right out and say it. And for all of us, it's an extremely hard pill to swallow. Comes on a lot of fronts. Um, like I mentioned a moment ago, it's going to hit us financially. It's going to hit us in the development of our careers. There are a lot of people, and there's a couple of people that referenced this in on social media in the lead up where you have some students who just graduated college that are going to go out for the first time in their professional careers and try to make it on their own, not going to get those opportunities. Um, there have been some people that are going to try to make that step up in their career. Might not happen just because of what's going on right now. So I saw that a lot of people, a lot of broadcasters, are friends too, gone on social media and try to find words to kind of express where we are. And I also have to preface this by saying that we are very fortunate and I apologize this getting rambly, so I'm going to stop in a minute or so. But um, we're very fortunate to do what we do. We get to talk about sports for a living. There are so many people out there during this pandemic who have been hit so much worse than we are right now. And obviously, very thankful for you know the fact that I still we still have our health. We still have um, things that we're able to do. And just unfortunately, we don't have our job to go to. We and um, it's difficult right now. So. We're going to get back to next week talking about the current, um, you know, our regular content. But this week, we're going to kind of discuss a little bit of the current issues uh, that we're going on. Joe, I've got a little bit more that I want to say, but just to hear your thoughts of how really these last couple of weeks for you, because like me, this has been tough. You know, uh, I, 
I feel like I might be a sociopath um, or psychopath, whichever one doesn't feel emotion. Um, I feel like that's how I've been reacting to all of this. Uh, I, I see news of conferences being canceled and I, I don't, I just I'm like, all right. Like I, I, that's the way that mentally, and again, that probably means I have some deeper rooted issues than that, but uh, that's just the way that I've been reacting to everything because it, it feels like with the way things have gone with this disease, this virus, it's the only common sense thing is to cancel football season, is to cancel full sports. It's the only responsible thing. It's the thing we should have done in March. What we should have done then and what we didn't do was have a nationwide lockdown for three, four weeks, mask mandates, and things could have been under control a lot better and then we're not having these conversations right now. We're talking more about, well, how much of a capacity can we allow in as opposed to can we have these games at zero capacity at all? Um, you know, and there's a lot of frustration with the poor response that we've had, not only at a national and federal level, but at a statewide level on just a personal responsibility level. I mean, and look, I'm not saying that all people or even most people have not been doing the right things, but when you have wide swaths of the population who haven't and people who are supposed to be in positions to look out for the best interests of those people refusing to look out for their best interests, um, it's frustrating and it's anger. And I feel like if those emotions came out every time a conference canceled a, a a season or a school said we're backing out, I, my head would explode. Um, it just wouldn't be good for mental health. So I've, I've tried to take as emotionless a reaction to it all as possible. It's, you're at that point where you're, you're past anger and it's just disappointment at this point. Um, yeah, personally, it, it is not good that, that sports aren't happening. But at the same point, I see that obviously, obviously, there is a much bigger thing. Like, guess what? When you have a pandemic, you don't get sports. Yeah. Like, you don't get to have normal life when there's a pandemic. Normal life is a reward for not having a pandemic. So, yeah, it's just an expected thing. And if I were in the shoes of someone who had just graduated college in May, or even May of 2019, it would be really, really tough right now. I, I really feel for those people who are right at the very beginning, just getting started with their first jobs, or maybe were just about to move a job or just had started a new job in, in March. Um, you know, it's just a, it's been a really terrible stretch and it's not going to get better for the next few months. But you, the thing that has, I guess, kept me going and maybe has allowed me to have such an emotionless response to it is the knowledge that once we get past this, it'll be back. It's not like sports are canceled forever. You know, the, the Big Ten isn't saying we're never going to play another football game ever. This is it. Like, it'll be back. It might be a year from now. It might be in the spring. It might be two years from now, for all we know. I mean, who can predict how this thing's going to go? Um, but it'll be back. And 
I think there's a little bit of comfort in that. And it's just like, all right, this is going to be some temporary hardship and uh, temporary discomfort, but in the long run, things will get back to normal. And, and that's been, I guess, my guiding light through this whole thing personally uh, of just how I've attacked everything throughout the disappointment of everything getting canceled. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the, <laughs> what you brought is a lot of what I felt in like the first six weeks back in March, April, a little bit into May. I'm kind of, I'm with you and kind of that, I don't want to say numbness right now, but it's more of the expected result of what's been happening over the last few months. And that's why we're in this situation right now. And um, yeah, I allowed during this time, during that early time to bottle the emotions up and it was for all the completely wrong reasons. Um, I allowed the fact that the, you know, there's a difference to allow emotions in the right way and the wrong way. And I've understood that and learned it the hard way. And that where I was upset at the time that wasn't getting any work. I was seeing, I was sad for all of my friends who are in the same situation, whether it's broadcasting, whether it's finance, whether it's any, anything that they do, couldn't get it. Um, I combined all that up. And then the fact that I allowed other stuff to come into my life that I shouldn't need to like be mad about. Like, you know, there were things that were happening around my house that it was like, Oh my God, I need to go deal with this. Like, it's just another thing that has to happen. Um, we lost my grandmother during the period and it was not during, not due to coronavirus reasons. We weren't given the chance to mourn her death properly. Still haven't really, to be fair, allowed that to kind of get to me. And then you see just other things that are going on. It, it all bottled up. That was kind of the wrong thing to do in that period of time. Thankfully, we've learned on that now. And that's where I've kind of gotten to your point of being um, aware that these are things that are just going to continue to happen if we don't make changes. And I'm not going to spend the time on this going saying you know everyone should be wearing a mask Every, obviously we should be doing that kind of wanted to go with this show today a little bit into our broadcasting friends and just you know say that yeah you know the this is challenging times that we're living in and i've hated saying that for so long now because you hear that all the television commercials out there but it is it is challenging right now and when we get sports back at all levels. Obviously, we've had professional levels where things have been altered, but allowed to play. Um, having it at all levels, we're going to appreciate it so much more, and we're going to be going into, you know, those games. Like, at first broadcast, I'll tell you right now, you have to rein in being guns a-blazing for a show, just completely fired up. But that's something we'll have to deal with at that time. Right now, I guess the kind of the big thing for you – or for both of us, things that we took away from our first lockdown, now carrying it here into the fall, what were some of the things that you needed to do to allow yourself to kind of move forward with your life and not just sit around and kind of wait for something to happen? A purpose. Um, I think I'm like a lot of people in this industry uh, where – a lot of my self-image and who I think of myself as a person is tied up in this career, just because it is such a big part of everyday life in normal times, in precedented times, if you will. Um, 
but in these unprecedented times, uh, there are no games. There are no sports to broadcast. So especially in March and even into early April, um, I really struggled with that. It, it, it felt like, you know, it was the longest layoff from work that I had had since I was in college. Um, and that's not even real work because you got classes. Um, you know, so it, it, it had been a long time since I hadn't worked for weeks and weeks and weeks. So it, it was that struggle of finding a reason to get up in the morning. What am I doing here? Like, I was reading a bunch of books the first few weeks, taking a lot of walks, but like that wasn't, that wasn't enough. Like sitting on a couple of Zoom webinars. Again, not enough to kind of get me going. Um, and I eventually found a, a couple projects to work on that definitely helped um, with a lot of just my mental state um, and mental health. Uh, and just having something to work on uh, has been the biggest thing for me these past five months. It really has. Um, you know, maybe it's a little cliche to say, but like it gives you a purpose, um, you know, and for me, I'm a, I'm, I'm kind of a workaholic as it is. And I feel like you're the same way with the number of games you call, you almost have to be. Um, but just having something to work on, even if it wasn't calling a game, um, was, was so huge for me in terms of getting it. Another thing, and when you've seen videos of this, like when I work from home, I dress like I'm going to go to the office. <laughs> That's a big thing just for me mentally. Like I have a button down khakis and even a pair of brown dress shoes on today. I don't, I don't do that every day, but you know, just dressing up like I'm going into the office gets me in the right mindset to work. And then when I'm done working, I change into my comfy sweats. I don't sit around in sweats all day because I just, I feel better and I feel more productive when I dress like I'm going to work. Um, as weird as that is, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, a little thing that, that has kind of helped um, just me, me be in a better mental state to get through uh, this whole pandemic and, and just kind of manage my emotions throughout the whole thing. Yeah, I'm very much with you on the whole need projects, need to have that proverbial checklist just to knock things off in a day. I mean, I'm one of those people and I told you before we went on that I needed like a four mile walk today just to kind of get my head right. But, you know, that was something that not only, I'm not going to lie, I'm not the most fit guy in the world that I was as opposed to high school and college um, where playing ultimate Frisbee, I was running a fair few miles a day. Um, but like, you know, just doing that first thing to get you going out of, you know, kind of that slumber wearing sweats all day. It's okay to do that on some of those days. And I'll get to that bit in a, a second. But yeah, finding the projects to get things going. I'm, obviously, I'm fortunate. I know Joe's also had a little bit of work with some of our clients to do alternative content sorts of things, we'll call it. Um, for me, I've been able to do some stuff with Fairfield. I've been able to do some of my own projects. This is one of them. Um, yeah, it was funny because we were joking before we started as well saying, yeah, you know, we're, when I, when we launched this, it was going to be, look at the first 10 episodes and see how we do, you know, probably we're going to have sports 
in some capacity by then. Going to wipe that off the sheet at this point. These are just kind of moving on. But um, those little projects, even if it's going back and looking at some of my old games, I've done that just to kind of reassess. And we talked that in our demo show uh, that we did previously. It's okay to kind of do that reassessing and look back and see, you know, tendencies that you've done before that you could try to go. Now, of course, you can't just quickly translate it over into the game that you're going to do next week, but it's, again, the, the thing to do. And even if it's not completely relevant to sports, whether it's doing some work in the yard or, um, you know, put together a couple of new pieces of furniture just to kind of mix things up a little bit, just trick your mind into doing things. I think that for me was just massive in the whole coping thing. And now obviously because it's very nice out, it's the summer when we're recording this slow pitch softball to look forward to. We've got now professional sports that are back that like we didn't have to look around at 7 PM think, well, there could have been baseball on. What do we watch now? Stuff like that just to kind of end the day. Um, so obviously that bit been very fortunate to kind of end things off on. Um, but yeah, like it's the planning that I think is going to help a lot of you at home. And I know everybody's got their way of coping with things, um, whether it's obviously this pandemic or a job loss or loss of family member, everyone's going to react to the stuff differently, but you do have to go find that happy medium to your life that like Joe said, get yourself out of your, out of bed have some sort of routine. I think that's a big one too. Just having a routine kind of gets your day going. And then all of a sudden you think, oh, this isn't so bad. You know, we can kind of get through this together and yeah, do that. Couple months, you know, we might be back to a little bit closer to where we were. Yeah. And, and I'll say even taking, and this might be skipping ahead a little bit, but taking more of a long range view of what this pandemic is and what, quarantine and a lack of sports will be moving forward over the next however many months. I guarantee that every single job interview you go on for the next five to 10 years, you're going to get the question, what did you do during COVID? How did you use that time? And you better have a better answer than, well, I called a few games off of the computer and I did some video game stuff. You got, you got to have a better answer than that. So when you get that question, you know, how did you use this time productively to develop yourself, to be creative, to create something? What did we do? We did a podcast called Views from the Booth where we helped act as a reference guide for people getting into the world of sports broadcasting and interviewed uh, a few broadcasters about their experiences or I learned Spanish on Duolingo, which again is not like, that's not going to be a great one either because everyone's doing that. It feels like, but it's something to do um, other than make sourdough bread, which nothing wrong with that. I've attempted to make bread during quarantine. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but you want to do something that, sets you on fire like you need to or at least for me like I need to have that in my life and a lot of times when there's sports that thing that it's prepping for the next game it's calling that next game and trying to get to the next level but when I don't have that it's been doing a documentary I, I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> like I have no idea going into this like what the whole process would be but I mean, if you followed me on social media, 
I haven't necessarily made that a secret. So, you know, it, it I know I'm going to have a good answer to that question because I'm going to have a, a pretty substantial project that I worked on. Now, I'm not saying that you have to necessarily put a lot of pressure on yourself to do something huge or to be super productive all the time, but it is good to to do something and demonstrate like, hey, I used my time not only wisely, but uniquely, and I pursued something that I did for myself because I felt it was a fulfilling and worthwhile experience, not necessarily because I wanted to have a good answer to this question. Um, and I think that that's important too. It's just find something you're passionate about and go after it. Uh, I mean, now's the time. When else are you going to, like, when else are we going to have this opportunity to really take the time to pursue passion projects as fully as we can right now? Um, if you're financially able to, um, that's obviously the most important part of it. Um, but I, hopefully we'll never have this opportunity again. So take advantage of it. And to piggyback off that a little bit, not only try something new, find a new passion, but also you've had something that you've always wanted to do, but for one reason or another, and it could very well be because we were calling games, couldn't get to do it. Well, now you had a chance. Like for me, um, I've also made a no secret in the state that I live in. We have so many great craft breweries. I've never had a chance to visit said places. So what have I done over a number of weekends? Gone to these places, learn their stories, learn why they did you know, what they're doing now. Those are, I think those are the things too. It's understanding how other people get passionate about those projects and then find a way to bring that into yourself. And I think that's going to be the beauty of it in the long run is mm -hmm. you learn so much about yourself during this time. So how can you now harness it and keep it going forward? Um, and I understand too that like in the broadcasting side of thing, there's, there's a lot of fears that's going to be coming up over, you know, the next few times because we've said, we don't know when we're going to be back on air for one reason or another. For those who are just coming out of college, we don't know the next time or will there be opportunities to get yourself on air? So, how do we handle those things? It's, it's difficult again, because yeah, for a lot of people that were going to be doing minor league baseball games or summer college games this year, that might've been your first real opportunity to get after it. Can't unfortunately get that one back this year. Hopefully, um, you know, the people that if you're starting a new job, the hiring managers will take that and honor that for next season. And I wish all the best for those people that do do it. Um, there's going to be opportunities if you keep working hard for it. The one thing that I will say at this time though, and we said this in previous episodes or <laughs> for those people that are working with those teams right now, you can't continue to bug them outside of checking in to see how they are. Because if you're asking about next season, they don't know what's happening for next season at the moment. It's just, those things are difficult, but some of those things you can, there are a few things that you can control in terms of, what's going to be coming next. Like I said, going back and analyzing some of your previous work or demos or maybe creating some new content for yourself could always help. And that's another thing that you can just check mark off of a week. 
you know, that's a, a good project for you. Watching other games and other sports, like for me personally, during this um, quarantine period, I live in the state of Connecticut, it has the best, sorry to everybody else, the best women's basketball team in college at UConn. Mm-hmm. Never watch a second of the WNBA. So you know what I've done? I've gone back and watched, you know, WNBA games. Listen to how the broadcasters there call those games. How can I bring that forward into my style? And also just to check in on how Katie Lou Samuelson and amongst many other UConn players are doing as well. Because, hey, let's face it, they, uh, they played awesome at UConn for their four years and won a heck of a lot of national championships in the process. But, like, doing those little things, I think, for you at home that are wondering what's going to happen next, continue to find ways to learn, learn about yourself, learn about the craft while not having a pressurized element of like, Oh, well now I've got to get this done for next week. Just keep the notes going. So it's going to help you when you get back on the air. Yeah. And that's, that's an important thing. I mean, for me watching a lot of major league baseball or listening on the radio and paying attention as a Mets fan to Gary Cohen and, uh, or on the radio, Wayne Randazzo and Howie Rose. Uh, the amount that I listen to John Sterling and Susan Waldman or Michael Kay on the Yankees side as well. Just taking notes from them um, and paying more attention to them and their broadcasting style and maybe less to the actual game side of it, but also you know, watching it as a student of what are the broadcasters doing? What are they saying? Watching a national game with... Matt Fiskersion and Alex Rodriguez or John Shambi or um, Joe Buck, Joe Davis, like any of these guys. And now, of course, women breaking into the industry, listen to them, how they call a game. And, you know, maybe there's a turn of a phrase or a way that they describe something or a way that they don't describe something that I say, oh, that's good. And you can kind of file that away for, for later or when you're watching the NBA bubble games um, or the WNBA bubble games on ESPN or or TNT, listen and figure out how are they calling these games? Because not only that, but you can listen to a lot of different styles of people calling games remotely now, which is going to be a very helpful thing uh, when it is eventually our turn to call things remotely. Because at this point, I don't think there's anyone that's in the industry right now that will remain in the industry that won't eventually call a game remotely. Um, And just listening to those things and what are things that you like when there is a time where something is obscured because you're remotely and you're not there and you can't see it because it's cut off on a camera or something like that. Like like what Mike was talking about last week with uh, a player getting sent off and him not realizing it because it wasn't on camera. How do you deal with those things as a broadcaster? How do different broadcasters deal with something not being shown uh, in live action. And then, okay, how, how did I like best when they mentioned that? And then how can I um, be cool under pressure when that eventually happens to me? Um, you know, just taking those kind of mental notes or even physical notes, um, I think is, is very important right now uh, to be able to do that. And like you said, with everything of going back and listening and, Uh, revisiting old broadcasts from a year ago, two years, four years ago, if you, if you have stuff going back that far, which is nice just as a reminder to hear yourself four years ago, then to hear your last game and go, wow, I've improved so much, much more than I thought that I did in that span. Um, Just to 
uplift your spirits and give yourself a reminder that, yeah, I'm on the right trajectory. I'm on the right path. And um, to just keep the faith that, again, everything will be back. Um, it'll be back to normal. I, I, I really do believe that. When Maybe the budgets will be different and the way things will be structured will be different. But once we get games back, the games will be there. And people will be there and things will be um, more back to normal. And like you said, obviously you hope that if you had a job coming into this, um, that you still will have that when we get back to it. But for now, there's so much uncertainty. Um, and it's all out of our control. I mean, there's, there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing anyone listening can do about it unless the people listening are Pat O'Connor, the president of minor league baseball. Um, you know, Mark Emmert, the head of the NCAA, uh, you know, unless they're listening, uh, you know, the president is listening, uh, you know, maybe there's something he can do about it. But um, other than that, there's nothing that any of us can do about it. So you just got to kind of embrace the situation and wait and realize you're powerless over it. And, and again, I feel like that's, that's part of why I'm a lot more calm in seeing all of these cancellations. Cause I realize there's nothing I can do. There's nothing that me being overly upset can do. And, and obviously it's, it, it sucks for us. It sucks for college athletic staff, for the student athletes, for coaches, for everyone uh, involved top to bottom uh, with these. It, it's horrible. But again, it's, it's a situation where largely we're all powerless over this. And you just got to kind of embrace that. Um, and that's almost an empowering feeling, I feel like. I think you pretty much buttoned it up perfectly right there. And yeah, no, you're right. It's, you can't allow those things, the things that you cannot control to control you. And that kind of alludes to the lessons personally I learned from this first go around for the first five or six weeks where I allowed those things to get to me and it sent me spiraling. But here we are now, we've learned what we've learned. And as long as we continue to, as Joe said, keep spirits high. I love that where you said, yeah, go back and listen to a game if you can from four or five years ago. Listen to one of the last games that you did. Tell yourself that you did well. Unless you did poorly, then go find another game that you did recently right before. But it's okay to feel good about yourself. Feel good about what you've done and how you've progressed because then when – we're going to get back on the air the first time you're going to come out fire and you're going to enjoy it. And I said this in a few episodes ago, but you're going to appreciate things so much more now than you did a while ago, because we always had sports. Well, guess what? We don't have it right now, but when we get it back, boy, it is going to be as sweet as it will be. However you want to perceive it, because believe me, I'm waiting for the first game that we get going back, but I also know that as long as keep the right headspace, things are going to be all right. And we say this as well as not a clinically progressed, like we're not psychologists, we're not any of that stuff. We're just two guys talking about, but we've experienced this with you guys. And I think that's the important thing is we're all in this together. And if any broadcasters out there want to just, you know, reach out to us, because they've heard what we said, you want to tell us your stories, then try to understand the situation more. And then of course, asking for career advice, looking at demos, just reach out to us. I think our DMs are open, our email 
is open, we will gladly work with you guys because yeah, while we all are competing, but at the same time, we're all in this together. We are broadcasting family in a sense. So when we have a chance to help each other out, we are going to do it. Yeah. And another thing, I, I know a lot of people, you know, we're talking about a lot of broadcast centric things to be doing right now. And I know a lot of people, and we alluded to this, that the finances of things kind of make it so that you had to take on a job. I know I have, um, again, not anything that's necessarily been a secret. Um, I've been working at a, a grocery store, cutting meat, um, got a scar to prove it on my finger, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like you're going to have, Add, eventually push will come to shove who knows what will happen with unemployment or what anyone's status is I'm not going to pretend to know uh, right now what Congress will eventually do when they get off of vacation um, or what any individual person's status is by state I know it all differs but um, you know being able to be secure monetarily is not a bad thing. And again, kind of taking it back to that, what is your answer to the question? What did you do during the pandemic? And it be no shame in saying, hey, I got a job doing X, Y, Z, because that's a perfectly valid answer to that question. Um, and one that, again, you can spin any which way you want to. It taught me blah, 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 that I think will help with this job. Yeah, I'm working in a grocery store deli department. That taught me how to deal with difficult people. Um, you know, it's, again, I, I'm not going to pretend like it's the greatest job in the world, but customer service skills, they've definitely been sharpened by this, uh, from having to be polite to some very rude people, um, all day long for 30 hours a week. Um, you know, it's taught me that, yeah, I really like working in sports because that is not fun and sports is fun. Um, and not to take that for granted. Um, and it's also taught me about various types of deli meat. So if you have any deli meat questions, uh, you can DM me as well. Um, I'll, I'll let you know about different kinds of turkey and ham and that bologna that has uh, little pieces of green olive stuffed in it. <laughs> hey, well, you know what? I'm going to segue that into uh, social media. You can email us at viewsfromtheboothpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at the VFP underscore pod, Instagram viewsfromtheboothpod, underscore pod, Facebook viewsfromtheboothpodcast. Joe is on social for all your meat information at Joe Vasile PBP on Twitter and Joe Vasile on Instagram. I'm JJ Duke 21 on Twitter, JJ.Duke21 on Instagram. Joe, I, you know, again, this is not the stuff that we were planning on talking about at this point, but I, I genuinely appreciate you being open to talk about this. And I know the people, especially our broadcaster friends out there going through the same thing that we are. It, it, sometimes you just got to let it out and then we're going to move on. Yeah. It's um, it always helps. I feel like just to get things out and to vent, whether it's in written form, in spoken form, um, and so, yeah, I appreciated the, the opportunity to get a lot of the things I've been thinking out in the open. Um, and, uh, and again, if, if anyone listening wants to do the same with us, obviously always here to listen uh, if you ever need to, to rant or, or vent about anything to us. Yeah. And I think also before we sign off for today, um, 
for all of our fellow media folks out there, non-broadcasters, but we're talking sports information, communication people, promoting marketing people, admins, coaches, everyone out there, we know you're paying because you guys are going through the similar thing as we are right now, just not having the chance to do what you guys want to do in the sports business. So hopefully we're going to be with you soon. For all the athletes out there that have had to deal with this, the waiting game, this also sucks too. And we know that there's so many stories that you wanted to tell that we were going to tell about you, whether it was the comeback from an injury and whether it was someone that wanted to make that next step, um, being a reserve, but now being the day in day out starter, whether it's someone that's going to make their first or last splash. Um, we know your time is going to happen. So just stay the course guys. And we are looking forward to seeing you all back on the courts of play and fields of play very soon. Joe, good stuff. Talk to you next week.